Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Lauren Rebel. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. You are most welcome. I've been looking forward to this. We have chatted on the phone before, but never met in person. You are one amazing blogger. I know that for sure. Um, I'm excited to learn more about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you again. I am so excited and super honored to be featured on, on your podcast today. So a little bit about me. I'll start with my education quickly. I went to College in Maryland. It was a private liberal arts college called McDaniel College. When I went there, it was Western Maryland College. When I was there, I studied business and economics with a minor in human resources. Professionally today, so I'm 41. Professionally today, I am a certified financial planner and certified divorce financial analyst and partner with a boutique wealth management firm in Maryland. The firm's called the Prosperity Consulting Group, and I specialize in working with women who have gone through a life-changing transition, such as a divorce or have lost a spouse. So both of which are completely overwhelming and complicated and emotionally challenging. And my goal professionally is to help these lovely women wrap their arms around their financial pictures and, and their new realities. So in working with my clients, we address things like financial planning, we create a budget, we under talk about their social security options and healthcare options, and of course, investment management. Because after a divorce or the loss of a spouse, the wife is typically left with a lump sum of money, whether it's a division of a 401k or a life insurance settlement. And she is now responsible for protecting this money and managing this money so that it lasts, hopefully, for the rest of her lifetime. And often this is the first time so, women, so many women are handling this responsibility, and it can be terrifying. So professionally, I help my clients answer the question, okay, now what? What should I be doing right now, and why? Why should I be doing this? And we all know that the why is so important in life, and that holds true when it when it comes to, to your money. So I spend a lot of my time educating my clients to make sure they feel not only comfortable, but confident and, and empowered as they take control and work through their new realities. And Susan, like you said, I started a little blog on the side called thefemaleforce.com. I'm very inspired with what you're doing. And I am a wife and mama of two amazing kiddos. I, my extracurriculars consist of my children and all of their activities, but in addition to that, I sit on the school board for their school and I chair the finance committee. And I'm also a past board member, but still a very active volunteer of a foundation called the Casey Cares Foundation, which is near and dear to my heart as they help um, provide programs for critically ill children and their families so they can make lasting fun memories and um, just special time together. So what ooh, a that's a lot. Woman. 
Wow. So, so first of all, lots of things were going through my mind while you were talking and I didn't want to interrupt, but I want to share some things with you. Um, when my father passed away, my mother was one of those women and he died only at 60 years old or 62, I should say. Mm. And she had never balanced a checkbook, used, had a credit card in her name. I mean, they were married 40 years and didn't even know where to begin. She was, you know, prime target for so many ill intended people. Um, but fortunately found someone that she trusted who helped her uh, to build her own credit. But I, I think of this, this uh, documentary by Robin Hauser. I don't know if you know Robin. Um, she has created award-winning documentaries, you know, presented at the Obama White House uh, her first documentary was called Bias. She's a um, pretty well-known filmmaker in that world. She has a new documentary called Savvy. And the S in Savvy is a dollar sign. And it's precisely about what you do and how, um, you know, women often don't even know what their husbands earn or how the bills get paid, where the money goes to comes from, how much is in the bank at any given time they relinquish their power and their um, independence through not being aware of financial situations. You should definitely look it up. So I can actually introduce you to Robin if you're interested. I think there's some synergy there with what you do and maybe just conversations, introductions, what have you. But she has a seven minute trailer for the movie that's available on YouTube. And again, it's called S-A-V-V-Y and the S is actually a dollar sign. So check it out. And if you're interested, I'll make an introduction because what you do is so important. It was everything in me not to interrupt with, wow, you know? Um, so thank you for that. I could have used you in my last rodeo when, when I divorced. I lost quite a bit of I, yeah. I won sole custody of my child. So that was no, not even, you know, a question. I, I definitely won there. Well, let me ask you this. What has been your proudest professional accomplishment? Oh, there, there are, there's a few, but you know, my proudest professional accomplishment, it's not, it's, it's really helping see someone get to the, the finish line. And while it sounds maybe cliche, that's, of helping see someone retire early when they they want out or helping a, a woman leave a, a toxic marriage the, the i guess what stands out to me right now is i recently um worked with a lady who she was done she wanted out of her marriage it wasn't a healthy marriage but she was terrified to to leave and she was scared to leave because her husband managed everything and took control of the money and, and handled the finances. And it, it's not because she wasn't brilliant. She, she is. It was simply a division of household responsibilities. She took care of other things and his priority was the money. So while she dreamed of leaving, she was, she was scared to, but we, we worked together. I helped her plan. We did, budgeting, we looked at the investment management piece, I helped her develop the strategy so that she could begin living, living her best life and get out of, of a toxic marriage. So 
when I think of my proudest moment recently, I would have to say helping her just get to this this new chapter, while it may sound sad for some, but helping her get to this new chapter so that she can beginning begin to begin living the life that, that she wants. That that was to me you know, a very, very proud moment. And I think that's quite compelling and super you're empowering women. You are giving them freedom, independence. Not you're closing the knowing, doing gap. They know what they need. They they don't know how to get it. You're making that possible. So I, I love that. This is super powerful. Um, I I love to connect you with so many people. Gosh, <laughs> definitely. Well, um, well, let me ask you. Thank this. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're amazing. I wish I had known you back then. You know, so 19 years ago. Um, my husband at the time left when our son was nine months old. So I have one of those <sighs> stories, but, um, and I was making very good money. I wish I had known you then. I mean, I definitely <laughs> didn't know enough. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, has someone been an, a mentor to you along the way? I have had lots of mentors, but the the thing is, Susan, that they don't know that I've been their mentee. So I I found like I find Sarah Blakely, the the founder of Spanx, so inspiring. Um, the the ladies that built Rent the Runway, um, I call them the Jennifers, the Jen Hyman and Jenny Please. They their story's incredible. I'll tell you, um, Cheryl Sandberg with Facebook. With her book lean in it really helped me not only earlier in my career take a seat at the table but speak up loudly so that i could advance further professionally and you know obviously oprah this wouldn't be complete without oprah but in my field in the financial services field there there often isn't someone reaching their hand out to help pull you up and help you be successful it's it's been the other way around for for me and in much of the field earlier in my career I was at a very large firm and it was it was doggy dog it was every man for himself and I say man because I was one of the few women so there often wasn't um the hope by my peers that I would make it in the business because the guy sitting next to me they were rooting for me to fail because if I failed then they got to keep all my clients as I looked for a new job so I was in a position where I've always had to, until recently, I mean, I've always had to find my own mentors. And I, I think, and I don't know what, how you feel, but I kind of think that's important for, for women is that if if they don't have anyone that they can look in at where they are to, to, look, to look outward, that they can read books, they can listen to articles or read articles. I mean, my gosh, listen to this podcast. Wow, you've you're offering such great extraordinary advice and guidance for, for other people. But, um, you know, mentorship for me, I had to look outside of my, my inner circle and do it a little bit more non-traditionally. There wasn't just that one person for, for me, it was, it was a team. Um, and I built a bench of mentors, but again, they just didn't know that I was their mentee. I get that. I, I feel like I'm the same way. My father, um, you know, along the way. I lost him when I was 30, I mentioned, but he was about it, really. I looked to outside uh, sources, you know, greater voices. Oprah, of course, like you said, she's definitely on anybody's list and everybody's list, and if not, should be. 
uh, Michelle Obama, Brene Brown, um, Deborah Tannen for the work that I do. She was a Shiro and still is today. Um, but yeah, I hear you and I get that. Let me ask you this about, um, you know, my business model, shining a light on other women. You know, I believe women have mm -hmm. a voice, but we don't get heard. We don't get to use it. We're not, you know, so I use my tools, my podcast, my blog, um, my website, the work that I do to amplify those voices. How do you think women can lift other women in business? Oh, that's such a, a great question. I love that question. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways. I think we need to, to see opportunities and look for opportunities to help and work with one another. And just like you, Susan, you do such a great job. I mean, you take a genuine interest in helping fellow business women. And if we all did a little bit of that, I think it would um, be so powerful. The, the other thing is, again, if, if you're a few steps ahead of someone, slow down long enough to, to reach back and grab their hand and help them get to where you, where you are now. Um, the other thing that I know has been so helpful for me is that other women have been so kind to think and say, oh, well, Lauren, you do this, that you should talk to this person, just like you mentioned earlier, Susan, and just the, the introductions and helping someone else build a relationship with another has been so powerful, and I think it will continue to be for helping other women in business grow. And yeah. I guess the yeah. last, you know, I, think you, I, I was thinking about, go yeah, ahead, sorry. No, 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 please. I was going to say, I think that it's really uh, empowering when we put aside our fears and insecurities and decide, you know what, I'm going to collaborate instead of compete. I'm going to lift up others instead of put them down. I think it's very, uh, it helps others, of course. That's the obvious desired outcome. But it also helps ourselves. I find it quite empowering, makes me feel good to do the right thing. I know that I'm helping others and the, you know, collateral good that comes of it is a good feeling about the work that I do. And it makes me want to continue that work. So, um, yes, I agree with you what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and too, it, I would just, and just, just simply be kind. I know that seems so simple and like it, it wouldn't make a difference, but it does. Just be kind to one another. <laughs> Understand that like women are typically juggling a lot of balls in the air and and reaching out, going the extra mile, lending a hand. I think that can make such a difference. I agree. I agree. We should always operate from a place of assuming positive intent, right? Absolutely. Let me ask you this question. What has been a challenge or a setback and how did you overcome it? Oh, challenge or setback. Well, I think surviving the first year of my business <laughs> was probably the most, most challenging time in, in my career. And I was at a big firm and I was in what was called at the time a rookie bullpen because I was new to the business. And I, I knew I wanted to be a financial planner. I knew the, the difference I wanted to make. 
but yet I was squeezed inside this teeny, teeny, tiny cubicle with maybe like a half of the size of a normal desk and a phone and had to find names of people to call. So I was on the task of cold calling from early in the morning until late at night in the hopes of, of keeping my job. It was survival of the fittest. And like I mentioned earlier, people were hoping that you would fail so they could keep the clients you brought in. And my boss at the time, he sounded like James Earl Jones. He was constantly yelling at the rookies to pick up the phone. And it was truly a scene from something like Boiler Room or Wolf of Wall Street. And you know, I was told that I would fail. I was, I was the girl, I was too nice. I was too soft-spoken. I was too ethical. You name the adjective for the reason why someone wouldn't survive in business. And that was how they referred to me. And my cube mates, they would actually take bets to see if I would cry or quit each day. So it was horrible. So I think that was the biggest challenge. And how I overcame it was I just, I stuck it out. And I think I joke around and tell people I don't know if I was too stubborn or too stupid to quit, but I just kept my head down. I worked hard. And, and while it wasn't easy, I, you know, I built a, a client base and I know that I wanted to win. I didn't want them, them to win. So I think it was just pure persistence. And then once I built a little base, I changed firms for a better opportunity for me. And Change firms again to find one that fit and aligned with with my values and what I knew I wanted my business to look like. So how it overcame it was, you know, grit, grit, <laughs> hard work. But too, I, I was true to myself. I knew where I wanted to be and I, I wasn't afraid to to make a move, to change firms, even though it's scary to find a better fit for who I was both personally and and professionally, because for me, balance and career in life, it, it doesn't happen. It's blurry for me. It's messy. It's, it's always blended. And I just, and I'm okay with that. I, but I wanted and needed to find a firm that I could work with where the blend would be um, as perfect as possible. So, so you sound like you're pretty resilient. Well, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't really have a choice, right? You're out of college. I wanted it to work. And I, well, I, resilient or stubborn or, or I, I joked around too stupid to quit um, earlier. But maybe resourceful just, too. <laughs> resourceful. I don't know. I just, you know, you hear all the time that you, the person that, that quits is just one, typically one step away from, from success. And, for that year, that's kind of what I just kept telling myself. I'm just one step away. I'm just one step away. And you just, I just kept plugging. Um, that's awesome. And hoped it would work out. Persistence pays. So let me ask you this question. It's um, one that people don't often think about, but, you know, maybe your inner circle knows something surprising about you, but what's something surprising that maybe your broader circle doesn't know? Hmm, kind of like a fun fact, right? Yeah. Um, well, I let's see. I only eat the top of all baked goods. So I, don't, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. I only eat the That's top. That's horrible. I only eat the top. <laughs> I only eat the tops of muffins, 
the tops of donuts, the tops of like butterscotch crimpets, the tasty cakes that come in a box that I love. Um, you name it, I I only eat the tops of them. And cake for breakfast with hot tea is a perfectly acceptable meal, in my opinion. Yeah. So that would be one thing. <laughs> That's adorable. Let me ask, so I've started something new with the show. If you've listened to the past, I don't know, six weeks, maybe two months, I have started asking what's called the wild card question, but only if the guest is game. Are you game? Oh, I'm always game. Sure. Nice. See, she's got grit and there, there's that courage coming out. All right. I'm going to pull a card from this box of 144 thoughtful questions. The question is, what is your idea of a perfect day? What is my idea of a perfect day? Oh, well, it needs to be sunny and warm for starters. And my idea of a perfect day would be, let's see, it would be having breakfast with my family and a slow start to the day, just because the days often start with, you know, I have a almost 11 and almost nine-year-old and they start with, get your shoes on, get out the door. And there's yelling and, and, and we're flustered. So a slow start to the day, having breakfast with my children would be wonderful. And then really just doing something fun as, as a family. The, the COVID-19 has really forced me to, to give a hard look at the life that I was living and the, the fast pace that I was having. And Slowing down to be present and enjoying my children would be is is a gift now, and I, I've I've realized that, and I've realized that it's something that I've taken for granted for a little while. So, breakfast slow pace, I would say a board game, which uh, with the kids maybe that I won, and then <laughs> out on the boat, out on the boat for a day of fun on the water because we enjoy boating together as a family. So that would be my perfect day today. That sounds like a perfect day for me too. So um, I love that you mentioned the change in your lifestyle that COVID-19 has brought, especially because it's a positive change. Can you tell us a little more about that? Like what was life like for you before COVID-19 and now what is it like and how is there a positive change? Well, before, so I, I always, I caution saying this because I know so many people have been so drastically and negatively impacted. But for for us and for our family, COVID-19 was, it forced us to slow down and it, it was a bit of a blessing. So before I raced to drop the kids off to school and then I raced into work and then I raced to pick them up and then we raced to soccer where we spent hours on the cross field and now we raced to the cross. It was just filled with activities and the kids seemed to enjoy it. It was just what you did because it's just what everyone else did. The weekends were filled with sports and you're trying to catch up from a busy, a busy week of work. And while we like to stay active, we didn't have time to, to explore other things um, like a hike together as a family or playing playing games or going tubing. It just, 
it was filled for us because we made the choice to to be busy as a family. So post COVID-19, it's or during it, we realized that, gosh, no one liked being this busy. And we treasure our time together. We realized how precious it is. So now coming out of COVID-19 and everything opening, we're giving a hard look at what we've been doing as a family and how we've been living and what what we want to change. And I, that's been that's been a gift. I think it's going to continue to be a process. But we, like Tuesday nights, we always now have dinner at least three nights together a week. And if there's a night of sports, then the sports have to give because we need to sit down together as a family. Um, so I it's love tonight's that. one of those. I yeah. actually feel the same, um, although my child is 19. Um, I was reluctant to share with people that I appreciated this shelter in place because we would have dinner together. We would catch up and connect in a way that we couldn't before. Now he's off in Montana training wild horses and building the corral on a ranch. But um, when he comes back for college, it'll probably be different. It'll never be the way it was. But during this time of sheltering in place, I've really appreciated having my family together. So I get that. You probably are connecting in a meaningful way more than you did rushing to soccer and so forth. So thank you for sharing that. That's that's a great question for me to have asked. I mean, there are 144 questions in this box, and that's the one that you know I picked for you just randomly. Um, so how great. Let me ask you this. If people want to reach you, and, and look, women out there who are going through divorce or who have lost their spouse and need help and guidance with your financial health and well-being, um, don't hesitate to reach out. So Lauren, how can people reach you? Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. So I will share a website and my email address for our firm. The firm is called The Prosperity Consulting Group. And the web address is simply prosperityconsult.com. And all of my information is on the website. Nice. There. Um, so that's pretty easy to find. And then on the side note, like I mentioned before, with my little blog, and Susan, it's nowhere near where where you are. I'm just emerging in as in the blogger space. And um, my site is called thefemaleforce.com. I cannot tell you how much I love the name of that website. That's so powerful. It just says it all. Well, Lauren, you're great. You're a wonderful friend to know and obviously a great mom and wife and hardworking businesswoman. And you are actually changing lives for the better. So thank you for being in my life and for sharing a bit about you on our podcast. It's my honor. Thank you so much. And I, I feel the same way. I feel very fortunate. So thank you for the opportunity to be on, on your show. Alrighty. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in and look for that blog. It'll be out in about 48 hours. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks for listening.